0: Our next scripture reading is Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. So that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Well, thanks, Julie. Uh, hey, everybody. My name is Steve. Um, I'm the pastor at Genesis. If you're new around here, if you're watching on Zoom or on Zoom or on YouTube or on Facebook, and next Sunday we're going to begin the season of Advent, which means arrival. Advent is how each of the three cycles of the church calendar begins. And the themes of Advent basically are darkness and light. And what I love about Advent is it gives us permission to acknowledge the reality of darkness and loss and even hopelessness as bad as they really are. That's one of the things I love about Advent. We can name and be with reality in a way that is not pretending it's not there. It's not pretending it's not as bad as it is. But we can also lean into our deep longing for hope and light to arrive. So Advent is this juxtaposition of being with the darkness of reality, which is so real right now. I've been feeling that palpably for the last couple of weeks. But right alongside that, sitting with reality is looking and longing for, and getting in touch with our deep desire for things to improve, for things to get better, for light to come, for hope to come. So that begins next Sunday. And we follow the seasons of the church calendar here at Genesis because it reminds us that the cycle of life that we can see all around us, birth, loss, and death, isn't all there is to the story. The cycle of seasons of the church calendar reminds us that there is more to the story, that resurrection and reconciliation eventually disrupts the cycle of birth, loss, and death. CNN, Fox News, and Twitter offer a different story, one which keeps us stuck in a cycle of fear, anger, and hopelessness. But the universal church gathers together, and we've been doing so for around 2,000 years, to remind ourselves and to remind each other that ultimate reality is grounded in a bigger story. So I hope you'll join us for Advent on Sundays and throughout the week as we gather for different practices. Uh, I hope you'll lean into naming the darkness that's all around you, but also getting in touch with your longing for hope. Well, today is the last Sunday of Cycle A, one of the three cycles of the Revised Common Lectionary, and it's always referred to as the reign of Christ. And so, you know, we're not really familiar with kings and queens unless, of course, you're binging The Crown on Netflix these days, which maybe you are. (laughs) We love that show. So let's explore it and I want to ask and reflect on and converse about two basic questions. Number 1, what is the reign of Christ? And number 2, how can we participate in it? So what's the reign of Christ? So what the revised common lectionary calls the reign of Christ, Jesus often referred to as the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. So let's dive into our first all-play question. What images words, movies, books, or people have given you a glimpse of the kingdom of God? What images, words, movies, books, or people have given you a glimpse of the kingdom of God? Why don't you go ahead and use uh, the chat function if you're on the Zoom call. If you're watching via YouTube or Facebook, Uh, You can chat with the people that you're watching with. You can journal about it. Um, So, okay. Will Lee, the movie Saved. Yes. Was that Mandy Moore? I can't remember. Um, Oh, U.S. Representative John Lewis. Yes. Dave Schlenk, as always, your your, uh, additions to the chat are brilliant. Paddington, 100%. Nathan Banker, Mahatma Gandhi, person and movie, Yes, if you have eight hours to uh, to watch a great movie, check out Gandhi. Uh, okay, Jesse says, the mountains while backcountry snowboarding, 100%, though I've never done that. I can imagine how amazing that is. Uh, Danny Cook, N.T. Wright, of course, Danny, has been super helpful for me in understanding that the kingdom of God isn't just some faraway place, but it's here and now and will be here. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yes, the pals, the doggy snuggles. <laughs> I had some of those this morning with my golden doodle lily for sure. I think dogs give us a picture of unconditional love in such a beautiful way. Uh, Bob Temperley, Richard Rohr. Yep, me too. Absolutely. Uh, Cassandra, whenever someone gets relief from their mental illnesses, yes, spoken as a true therapist. It's beautiful to see 100%. Man, I really agree. Uh, Claire Lonsbury, laughter, yes. Isn't it great just to let it rip, just to unload and release? That's so good. Uh, Peyton, I had a moment where I watched a cloud grow from a little wisp of a thing to a giant, fluffy, dense, strong-looking cloud, one of the times I felt closest to God in the kingdom. Oh, yeah. Isn't that great when nature uh, reminds us that we're small in the very best of ways, you know? Uh, Enoch Kelly, the sunrise. Uh, Yes. In fact, uh, one uh, practice that you guys can perhaps do every morning of Advent is to get up just before the sun and sit in a place where you can see the sun slowly rise. It's one of the gorgeous, beautiful ways that we can practice longing for Advent uh daniel tigers <laughs> neighborhood alley <laughs> yes bob Temperly, the real life the real life love of our genesis community oh man that's so good uh cassandra amen bob yes uh elizabeth norgren every time we collectively read the introduction to the eucharist yes this is the table not of the church but of the lord it's made ready for those who want to love god and for those who want to love god more i think i just butchered that a little bit but you know how it goes. Well, uh, Jesus seemed to love describing the kingdom of God. And he did it in so many different ways. I'm going to share just three of them, though it, he almost, he did it in a limitless way. The interesting thing about Jesus, though, is he al- he almost always, I think, used uh, farming metaphors or really relatable stories, right? He never tried to conceptually <laughs> try to explain what the kingdom of God is. He seemed to take great delight in saying, well, I can't really tell you what the kingdom of God is, like it is, but I can tell you what it's like, right? And so uh, in Matthew 13, 31, he said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. You ever seen the little mustard seed, you guys? It's teeny, tiny, tiny. But what we know about mustard seeds, and this is from Pliny the Elder, which is a beer, and it's a very good beer, Pliny the Elder. Can I get an amen from anyone who's ever had a Pliny the Elder? But Pliny the Elder was also a contemporary of Jesus. And this is what he wrote about, uh, okay, we're getting some amens from Pliny the Elder. (laughs) This is what Pliny the Elder, the actual person wrote about mustard seeds. Uh, A mustard plant grows entirely wild, though it's improved by being transplanted isn't that interesting the kingdom of heaven is improved by being transplanted Uh, on the other hand when it has been once sown it's scarcely possible to get the place free of it the seed when it falls germinates immediately oh that's good people mustard seed the kingdom of heaven is also like yeast we read in the very next verse so you just put a small amount of yeast and some dough, you work it around, you work it around, all of a sudden you set it out, the dough rises, right? And It becomes ready to be baked. And the third one is that, that the kingdom of heaven is within you. Jesus says it's not here or there. And most translations it's interesting say among you the kingdom of heaven is among you but if you look at the Greek it really does mean within you and so most of the translators like it's like they get they get terrified you know like oh we can't say that like like we can't say the kingdom of heaven is is, is within you because then people are going to take go way far right but that's what the Greek actually says the kingdom of heaven is within you so the kingdom of heaven, is like us representative john lewis is like a wispy cloud becoming a full-on thunder thunderhead is like paddington is like a mustard seed is like yeast is within you especially these this is the next all play question regarding the the mustard seed the yeast and within you what do you notice about those three descriptions the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, is like yeast, is within you. What are some common denominators? What do you notice about those three? You can use the chat function, and they all play again. If you're watching on YouTube Live or Facebook Live, you can journal about it. You can you can just talk right to the screen. You can talk to your folks who are who are watching it with you. Uh, Nathan Banker, maybe the kingdom is like when something inside you is inspired and comes alive. <sniffs> Very good. Peyton, ever-growing. Yes, ever-growing. I like that. I like that. Um, Dave Schlink, things that are hard to see unless looked for. <laughs> now we're getting there. Uh, Bob, amen. Again, Nathan Banker. Yes. Katie, simple, everyday experiences. Yes. And then Laura, again, echoing what Dave said, can be hard to see at first. Uh, Will, germination, fermentation, chemical reaction, now we're talking. Yes, yes. See why I brought up Pliny the Elder and beer. It's just all, it's all connected. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone. Oh, my gosh. Um, There's evolution growing. It reproduces, Elizabeth. Yes, 100%. Uh, the ex family, hi, you guys. Something so small can be so much more powerful than expected. Yes. So good, ex family. family. Uh, okay, and then we're getting some snaps for Will from Cassandra. <laughs> Nate, Nate Banker, beer is in the kingdom. Well, that's 100%. I don't know if it's in the Bible, but someone said God made beer to make glad the hearts of men. You know, that's probably Benjamin Franklin, but who knows? We can say it's probably in the Psalms too. Uh, <laughs> letting go of me, Bob, and letting in everyone outside of me. Ooh, now we're getting beautiful and existential. Well, the seed, the ye- we, we could go on and on, right? But the mustard seed, the yeast, things that are within you, this is what I think. I think you guys are all right. It's this, the kingdom, instead of it being this outside in force that dominates through subjugation, like most kingdoms do, it's an invisible inside reality that does its best work in secret under the surface. The kingdom does its best work in secret under the service and we're talking about the reign of christ and so the kingdom has a king so when we have to when we want to understand what the reign of christ is like we have to understand what christ is like isaiah 42 verses 1 through 7 just just let this in okay this is what the prophet is speaking about when the the prophet is foretelling about the servant which is the christ to come Here is my servant. This is, you can imagine God speaking this. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. This is God speaking of the Christ, the servant. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. Now listen to this, you guys. Really try to let this in. Think about kings and kingdoms. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. Sounds like a mustard seed, sounds like yeast, sounds like small and invisible work. A bruised reed, he will not break. It's gentle. A dimly burning wick, he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he's established justice on the earth. And the coastlands wait for his teaching. Now, I'm from California, a coastland. So, you know, we wait for his teaching. Uh, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. And now listen to this, you guys, this is Isaiah 42. I have taken you by the hand and I have kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. Oh my goodness. So listen, This is something not to miss when we're talking about what is the reign of Christ? What is the kingdom of heaven? All other kings, including the kings of the Bible, establish their kingdoms through dominance, through military victory, through subjugation. But the reign of Christ brings forth justice, but gently. Again, a bruised reed he will not break. A dimly and burning wick he will not quench. Christ the king doesn't grow faint in his work for justice, amen? Christ the King doesn't grow faint even though he does his work largely in secret and alone. Christ the King takes us by the hand. Christ the King keeps us or guards us. God has given Christ the King as a covenant to the people to be a light to the nations, to open up eyes that are blind and to release those in prison who sit in darkness. Now here's the observation. Okay, Christ the King, the reign of Christ, sees all of humanity not as evil, but as blind. We need to see, not as enemies to be crushed, but as prisoners who need to be released. His gentle work to establish justice doesn't subjugate people, doesn't divide people into good or bad, simply says, Those who are blind need to see. Those who are in prison need to be released. And that is my work of justice that I will be at work doing silently, secretly, and smallly. It frees them to see freely and to experience life freely. So I want to pause for a second because that was a run. I want to pause for thoughts, comments, and questions. So uh, a few came up, and <laughs> I see that <laughs> Psalm 104, 14 15. It, it is indeed a psalm. You cause wine or beer to gladden the human heart. <laughs> That's so great. But Nate, Nate Banker says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. They had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal. This is just, this is, uh from john took off his outer clothing wrapped a towel around his waist and after that he poured water into a basin He served people that's christ the king This is how the kingdom uses power to serve rather than subjugate From bob the kingdom of heaven is really a metaphor for the state of consciousness It's not a place you go to it's a place you come from it Snaps 100 it's a whole new way of looking At the world we'll get to that in a second a transformative awareness That literally turns this world into a different place. The hallmark of this awareness is that it sees no separation, not between God and humans, not between humans and humans. And these things are indeed Jesus's two core teachings underlying everything he says and does, love God, love people. So good. Other thoughts, comments, or questions? As you think about the reign of Christ, this gentle reign, this gentle leadership, that wants everybody to see that wants everybody to emerge from prison out of darkness and into light. Well, you can keep thinking about that. I know that's a deep existential question. I'll read it when you write it down, but I want to go to the second question. How do we participate in the reign of Christ? This is where we're going to get to just a little bit of this week's scripture that Julie read. Uh, a little bit ago. Uh, so Ephesians 1, 17, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he called you. There's lots of other great words in that, in those verses, but If we wanna participate in the reign of Christ, we need the eyes of our hearts to be enlightened. We need to see differently. Bob was right. We need to see with different eyes, and that seeing comes as a gift from God. It's right there in Ephesians one. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you. It's not something we can think our way into, read our way into. It needs to be a gift of grace. So participating in the reign of Christ is, first of all, about learning to see things differently with the eyes of our hearts open. So what is that? Right. I want to read a quote from author and activist Lisa Sharon Harper, amazing, brilliant uh, African American author. Um, Evidence of the presence of the kingdom of God, she writes, is thick wherever and whenever people stand on the promise of God that there is more to this world more to this life than what we can see there is more than getting over more than getting by and more than getting mine there is more than the brokenness more than the destruction more than the despair that threatened to wash over us like the waters of the deep there is a vision of a world where god cuts through the chaos where god speaks and there is light there is a vision where there is protection, and where love is binding every relationship together. That's Lisa Sharon Harper. Come on, baby. She can preach, and she needs to preach, and we need to listen. So there's that vision that if we can see it, if the eyes of our hearts can be enlightened. I don't know if that's from the very good gospel, Kara. I read it from a quote from uh, the Richard Rohr email. It probably is from the very good gospel. I think that's her only book. But if you haven't read it, it's, it's fantastic. The very good gospel by Lisa Sharon Harper. So that vision where God cuts through the chaos, where God speaks and there is light, where love is binding every relationship together, that's the reign of Christ, you guys. That is the reign of Christ. Now, conversely, I have to say this. We have to say this out loud. Um, okay, John, I want to say this before my model of who sees holiness uh in everyone they meet is Father Greg Boyle. Yeah, Father Greg Tattoos on the Heart. He's the uh the leader of Homeboy Industries. He's been a priest in East LA for many, many years. And I agree. Father Boyle, especially Tattoos on the Heart, he has a second book now, too. Um, So that's a crystallization of the reign of Christ and how to participate in it is to learn to see. Now, conversely, we we really have to say this out loud because this is simple, the simplest thing, but the hardest thing. Amen. The simplest thing, but the hardest thing. Wherever, whenever and wherever we refuse Genesis to do the painstaking work of seeing, the humanity in the other person, especially the person with whom we disagree. Whenever we insist on mindlessly dividing everything into dualistic categories, good or bad, safe or dangerous, progressive or conservative, God save us all. That's when you know you aren't participating in the reign of Christ. And it flips like a dime, doesn't it? So the essential question for those of us who want to participate in the reign of Christ is simply this. Are you willing to change the question from what's wrong with them to what can't I see when you come up against someone that you disagree, they trigger you, they make you feel small or big. And you feel the defenses rising, you want to fight to be right. The invitation from Christ is to do the small, invisible work of changing the fundamental question from what's wrong with them to, to what can't I see? A quick example of this is I had some friends that were traveling recently a, a little while ago and they they were in an airport and they noticed a couple that weren't wearing masks inside the airport. So now this is a whole other thing like what do you do about masks? <laughs> what opinions do you have about masks? <laughs> it's just a small little tiny thing, right? No one gets really upset about masks, right? About wearing masks, not wearing masks. I mean, this is this is not a big deal, right? Anyway. So one of them said, "Hey, let's go let's go talk to them." And it's like, Oh my gosh, when I was hearing this story, I said, you, you did not do that. They said, yeah. So they said, Hey, no judgment. I'm just curious. I noticed that you're not wearing a mask. Why aren't you wearing a mask now? Is anyone feeling their blood pressure? Like, like who is going to do that? Right. Oh my gosh. And one of the couple just like, you could tell they were starting to go through the roof and, but the other one's like, well, you know, um, I was wearing it all throughout the airplane and I just, I got so sick of it. I just needed a little break from it. But they had noticed in the other airport that they also weren't wearing the mask, right? So this is the, this is the, the, where the rubber hits the road. So they, they go, yeah, I mean, I hear that boy, it's hard to wear a mask the whole time. But I noticed you weren't wearing it at, at the other airport either that, that we just came from. Now what happens? And then they go again, I'm, we're just curious, we're just curious. So they went back and forth a few times and then one of the couple that wasn't wearing masks pulled out the phone, their phone, and said this, it's really all about who do you trust, isn't it? Like who who can you believe that you read on the phone? And they had this great back and forth after that where it transcended masks. And it went into how do we begin to navigate the disunity and darkness that we find ourselves in these days? How do we even begin if we can't even talk to one another about masks? And it was like, boom, right? Um, so question Genesis community and question right for me, breathe in, breathe out if I want to participate in the reign of Christ more than just this frilly, beautiful ideal, but into a reality that I live into and learn from, am I willing to, dis- to disrupt my own ego-driven blindness so that I can receive the gift of sight? Am I willing to s- change the question from what's wrong with them to what can't I see, what don't I know? Ephesians one seventeen. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that this comes as a gift. Are you willing to ask for it? Are you willing to partner in the reign of Christ? There's lots of ways that this plays out at Genesis in terms of our political convictions, our beliefs on this or that. Can we do it right here? Can we, can we look past our differences Have robust conversations about them, but extend to one another humanity. You know, I think there's lots of different messengers or angels, as the Bible calls it, that are sent to help us deal with our own blindness. Some of the ways that I've noticed when I need to deal with my blindness is every time I get defensive and angry. That's an angel, a messenger that's telling me, oh, here's an opportunity (laughs) to ask, what can't you see? Uh, When I notice that I'm having a conversation in my mind with the other person, that I'm stockpiling the reasons why I'm right and they're wrong. I know you don't do that, but your pastor does all the time. Uh, When I can't let something go, when I can't let something go, that's a signal, that's a messenger, that's an angel inviting me to change. And when I choose addictive behavior, instead of doing the hard work of simply being with what's hard, with what is, being with what really is, as hard as it is, instead of going on to numbing behaviors, right? Ooh, 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 Um, uh, Yes, ooh. So lots of different reactions here, seeing with the eyes of my heart, having the eyes of your heart enlightened doesn't sound like memorizing the Heideberg Catechism. Thanks, Laura. <laughs> Um, anyone can find the dirt in someone, be the one that finds the gold. That's great. Uh, and then Rajan, who is it that I believe? Who is it that I don't believe having a real solid, um, investigation into those things in our own lives so that we can see, so that we can join the work of Christ and the reign of Christ. Amen. There's lots more that we could say. Um, but I think it's time to go to the prayers of confession. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at the clock. (laughs) And I've gone over time, as usual. Thanks for engaging in this hard topic, you guys. Come on. It's the work of Christ. It's not easy, but it's essential. Amen.
0: Endings are a place where life is real.